The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome in to the Carmen Last of Sports Talk Show. We are live. It is Thursday. Thirsty Thursday at that. Demery Lachey is here live in the studio. Kwame Lasseter should be calling in here pretty soon. We got my main man, Kevin Gassman, a.k.a. Gas Pedal, running the show behind the microphone. And so we're going to start off today talking baseball, man. So many baseball transactions. Well, we've been out the studio for a couple, couple of days, and a lot of transactions have been going on in the MLB. And to start off with, congratulations to the Cubs. I think they're about to change their franchise around. In signing Mr. Lester, Mr. Lester has signed a six-year, $155 million guaranteed contract. That is a true blessing to him, not only to the Cubs, but to him as well, to him and with his family. I think $155 million is incredible. It's insane. And he's only going to be pitching about 20, 25 games a year, a season at that. So think about it. You're playing about 25 to, to about 40 games a year. Um, I don't think the Cubs are going to make the playoffs. A lot of talk has been coming around. Lester was signing with the Cubs saying, oh, he's going to change his franchise around. They also have a new skipper in town. And from my perspective, I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. Um, I think the Cubs, they will compete. They will win more games than they have in the past few because they found their top ace pitcher now. All they need now is just for the supporting cast to help support him on the field, also the other pitchers in the bullpen to step up their game as well, to match his um, enthusiasm, his energy every game. Because Lester, I mean, he was he was a beast playing with the Red Sox, coming from Boston. Um, he thanked the Boston fans, you know, always calling that place home, which is well-respected, what you're supposed to do. But along with that, I mean, Lester, he's bringing a new face to the franchise of the Cubs. I say this because he's all character. His character is uh, phenomenal. He's ready to go in there change the locker room. He's coming from a winning system, a winning program with the with the Boston Red Sox and see where they came from. And I think it's huge with the Cubs. Cubs need winners in that locker room, winners on that field. And it starts with your ace pitcher, and you can't not what Lester is about to bring. Now, for you Cubby fans out there, I understand you guys haven't made the playoffs in forever, and I don't think you probably will. It is a step forward to making the playoffs, to having more World Series talk back in the back in Chicago area, but I don't think it's, it's going to make a big leap. A lot of projections have came out saying that the Cubs have found their way back to the playoffs. I don't see it. I think they still have more pieces to add, in which they have unloaded the bank account, in which they have unloaded some more contracts and signed a few um, few other prospects, I guess you could say, younger prospects who's been dominating the game in AAA and AA. And it's great to see um, that they're trying to put this thing back together. 
I haven't heard, heard great news from the Chicago Cubs in so long, but this is a great start with John Lester being signed. We do have Kwame now jumping on the lines on the ones and twos. Kwame, what's going on? It's good to hear from you. What's up, Billy? Hey, you got I'm it. thinking about still trying to make it a, make it into the uh, show. Yeah, I'm leaving the bit more from a meeting. Okay. Yeah, well. Yeah, no, that's about, that's about it, man. It's always getting hectic, and I got to go to Royal High later. Okay. Always staying active. Love to hear that. Trying to, man. Man, it's Thursday. I, I, need, I need some assistance. Yeah, I told you about that. I told you you need to hire you a little publicist or somebody, a little assistant to run around town for you. I know. I got to find somebody I can trust, though. You know how that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got, <laughs> definitely got to find somebody you can trust. But hey, right. it's it's Thursday. A lot of sports to catch up on. I have been in studio for a while. My big deal that um, I started the show off with was, man, what's up with these baseball players? MLB players are getting paid once again. John Lester signed with the Chicago Cubs. Six years, $155 million at that from the Boston Red Sox. And then uh, Cespedes is about that's to sign a big contract. Me, that's a... That's nothing new. Baseball players been getting paid. And yeah, of not course. Only getting paid, their contracts are guaranteed. I, I tell you this: when you got guys getting three hundred something million dollars, let's say it's an eight years, eight to ten million dollar deal. Yeah. In about five to seven years, baseball contracts gonna be up to four hundred, five hundred million dollars, and and the years may go up because you might get a young guy, and you might be able to get ten to twelve years out of them for that amount of money. Uh, depending on what they do with the games, I think baseball season should be cut down. If that's the case, then the money will be cut down. But as long as they play nine innings mm-hmm. and they got a better uh, collective bargain agreement than we do, I mean, just than the NFL does, then they're going to always get paid. They're not allowed to take subpar contracts because it hurts the next man coming up. Right. We do it all the time. And that And that involves guaranteed contracts is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's guaranteed money for these guys. I mean, it's been it's been some big names being tossed around, being traded thus far in the MLB. But uh, yeah, I think the numbers go. I agree with you. I think numbers are going to get higher and higher for these guys signing these guaranteed contracts. Their bargain agreement is better than the NFL's. I don't know if it's because of more games are involved with the system, and you also have more. Double AA, A, Triple A, your farm league type teams, uh, your semi pro teams. Yeah, and unless you unless you're a first rounder, uh, and they send you down, well, they only send you down for no more than two years. If you're a pitcher, I can see you managing that pitcher's arm and getting them ready for the big league. Yeah, because some of these guys can come out of high school, but the uh, some of these one uh, A double A's, they might get five hundred a game. I mean, it is a process that you go through to get to the big leagues. But it's not like a lot of money. A lot of these guys play independent ball also. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, they also, yeah, like you said, um, and during the offseason, they even play for different, for their countries, for international play uh, with the USA. I know they take a, a brand of all-stars. They call them all-stars, and they'll take them to different countries and play them. Like, they'll go play right. in Japan. And I wouldn't do that. But, yeah. I mean, why not? You're making $155 million. I mean, what you no, gonna no. lose? What you gonna lose out? It's guaranteed, and then you just playing the game you love. No, I'm talking about on the off season. I know that they ain't getting no 150 million dollars on the off season to go do no independent stuff. Well, they getting 150 million dollars just to play that 162 games, and then you you got time to still play pickup games like 
what they do when they go and travel to other countries, play these other countries. I consider them as pickup games, but they get you know they already have a, a wealthy enough contract in six years, like for John Lester, six years, one hundred fifty-five million dollars. Yeah, I will go and do things like that. I, will, I mean, I got time. Yeah, I, I got, wouldn't because I'm trying to sustain my pro career, and the more you put wear and tear on your body, the more, well, the less you play for that that team and that contract, you obligated. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about a lot of this with the with the uh, All Star basketball games and the FIFA right. and the Olympics and all that. Well, if you are a dirt Rose type of player. You can't do anything unless you're doing it for your team because you liable to get it hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you can't pay for your team that just gave you $365 million. All right. So that's that's, a, that's another way I'm looking at it. But basketball players on all season don't play basketball. They get so bored of it. they got 82-plus games. I mean, they go out there and get in shape to do racquetball. I mean, you have to shoot and work on your craft. Yeah. But not continue with basketball. Baseball so long. I said you cut the season down to 120, 100 games. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it, I think yeah, the regular season should be cut down as well. But shoot, you paying these guys top dollar contracts? I mean, yeah, they better play an extended season. So, yeah, they better be healthy enough. But I'm I wouldn't take it away from these extra uh, games that they try to throw in throughout the year. But uh, have you heard some of the news? I know you got some connections. Some talk with uh, close to Matt Kemp. He's talking about uh, the Dodgers have agreed to trade him to the Padres, which is a huge Yeah, move. I, I heard some of that. Um, I don't know the full story, but I did hear some of that a, a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, I know and, the uh, Dodgers are in the mix of trying to sign some big some big name uh, free agents this offseason. So you have Matt Kemp, who has $107 million left on his contract for five for the next five years. I mean, he's only been batting about two two eighty seven last season. Only twenty five home runs, eighty nine RBIs. That's good numbers, but that's not Matt Kemp type numbers. That's not one hundred seventy million left of five years type numbers to me in my eyes. But it's a good deal. I think they're getting uh, trying to move him, trying to trade him because his numbers are they're declining the last few years from when he signed that contract uh, about three years ago. Yeah, you know what, Matt yeah. Kemp, uh, you're right. Him, him being hurt, and he came back and put up the numbers that he did, those are good numbers. But when he set that bar to become the MVP, albeit he didn't get it that he was deserving them, we found out what happened with Braun in that situation. Mm-hmm. But he set the bar for himself. And he's still a young guy. Sometimes, unfortunately, you go through some injuries. And as a fan... You get frustrated because you. So imagine a fan, like I'm a fan. You get frustrated, like, what happened to Matt Kim? Where is he going? I know he's hurt, and I know what injuries do to you in major league sports. Mm-hmm. So imagine what the owners are feeling and the pressure, and they feel like right now, what can I get for him? It's kind of like the uh, owner with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Right, Clayton Man is still playing at high levels, not at the highest, and they felt like Jim Irsay felt like. Well, I can get rid of him now and get some for him, but you do have an Andrew Luck coming in. And mm-hmm. with baseball, you always got that new, fresh, young talent, that next big star coming in. Yeah, and their next big star's name is Yasiel Puig, who was about to steal the bank account from the Dodgers. I mean, he's 24 years old, still playing out his rookie contract. He just turned 24 about two nights ago. They celebra- he celebrated his birthday with DJ Khaled. 
down there in Miami. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I, I know it's part of that. Yeah, we the best. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He the best. I mean, he, him you and we. You know what? Uh, Matt Kemp and, um, and uh, Puig, Yassia Puig, got into a little altercation. But I, would think it, I think it was because Matt didn't feel like Puig was running the bases hard enough where they could have scored. Or, or advance the runner. I'm, but I probably, you know, a lot of that come into play. Like, who's the next hottest thing? You want to yeah, keep them on your team. Of course. So a lot of that stuff can come into play when it's time to trade and ship somebody off. Ain't nothing wrong with San Diego. Matt still got to Oh, yeah, ain't nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, ain't <laughs> nothing wrong with the Padres. You can, you can figure that out. Yeah, the Dodgers definitely took care of him and sending him to San Diego. But, I, I mean, Yasiel Puig, he, he's been playing every game throughout the whole season. I mean, he had some minor injuries. But and he's doing his thing. I mean, he's throwing guys out from center field, from left field, all the way to third base. I mean, he's he's doing the fielding job tremendously. I, I think he has the strongest arm in baseball. Then at that, when he gets up to the plate, I mean, he's knocking home runs, he's knocking RBIs, and things that Matt Kemp should be doing. I believe Matt Kemp was starting center fielder, correct? Towards he the center field, yeah. He's starting center field, then he moved to left, I believe. Yeah, because Yasiel Puig. Got got into that position, which I agree he should have been in center field. I mean, he was the one of the fastest guys out in the outfield besides Carl Crawford. But what? I mean, still, Yasiel Puig is a better prospect, better player than Matt Kim right now. So Matt Kim with you arguing and trying to get inside this guy's head. I mean, Yasiel Puig is doing his thing. He has guaranteed contract money. He's he's going to have that definition of buku money coming coming his way pretty soon. He's only twenty four years old. And it still has time to grow. Now they did just sign a added the veteran shortstop Jimmy Rollins, who was a All Star about uh, two years ago. Jimmy, the real deal. Yeah, I remember him at was uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, and he just Jimmy Rollins, the real deal. He agreed to a four year contract along with the pitcher Brandon McCarthy. They also acquired second baseman Howie Kendrick from the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, these are some big names coming to to, to the Dodgers. So they definitely need to free up that con- that space. Definitely need to get Matt Kemp out of there because his numbers have declining. And we talked about Matt Kemp a little bit during the baseball season and really him not producing well. I remember you mentioned if he doesn't hit 25 home runs, you you was nervous about him. And now he's moving on to San Diego, which, I mean, I don't I don't throw no shade towards San Diego at all. I mean, I think that's better no, than I, living I in L.A. San Diego to me. Ain't yeah. nothing wrong with San Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, when you, when you can... When you get, when you by the beach and see mountains, mm-hmm. they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg. And when the weather is all, uh, most of the time, pretty good, they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg to live there. Uh, we in Arizona, and I like Arizona a lot. Um, so San Diego's not a place, a bad place to be, but mm-hmm. it's close enough where you can get there. Okay. If you live in Arizona, but you know, Mike got a spot here in uh, Arizona. He got a spot in uh, Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he got one in L.A. So he he'll be fine. I think he he might have one in San Diego already. Oh, I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure he got some type of penthouse suite with 107 million dollars coming his way sometime soon. But yeah, it's been a lot of transactions, like I was saying, during in the baseball world, um, especially with the Dodgers around the Dodgers, the Red Sox as well. Some of the D backs, even the Diamondbacks, are making some movements as well. Which they better make some moves. Yeah, they have no choice because I think they finished what. Second to last overall, maybe even the worst team in baseball last season. 
Yes, and it was unfortunate because the year before they finished 500, and you saw that progression in that year with uh, Kirk Gibson at the helm, and you thought they would be a better team this year. And unfortunately, they 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 regressed as a uh, organization as a baseball team. Mm -hmm. So they got to do something this year to even get back to recognition and give them. I say this year you got to make better moves and more more moves where you get into that limelight. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're the Dodgers, but I'm saying you are in one of the toughest conferences. You should be able to compete a lot better. But now, after this year or the next season, in two or three years, you got to be Diamondbacks of, I mean, everything is timing, but you got to be consistent winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Other than that, man, other news that's been going along, uh, going right, I should say, not going wrong. Cavaliers are on a eight-game winning streak, hottest team in the East right now. I wouldn't say the hottest team in the NBA because I've been keeping my eyes on those Golden State Warriors, the Splash Brothers, had the best record in the NBA right now. But LeBron and the boys, LeBron in the gang, I guess you could say. Actually, I would say LeBron and Kyrie in the gang because Kyrie's been doing his thing. I mean, he, he's not trying to shadow off nothing around coming coming to his city, coming back to the city he's been trying to keep together since LeBron left. But, I mean, they're, they're doing their thing now. They're uh, on an eight-game winning streak. I mean, they've beaten some tough teams along the way. All the speculation and all the, oh, LeBron's panicking, all that talk calmed down real quick, which I knew it would. I mean, everybody was talking about this in the first two weeks. I mean, they was playing back-to-back-to-back games. And along with that, a lot of statements been made uh, across the NBA with these I Can't Breathe t-shirts. I know Reggie Bush did it in the NFL as well. And, you know, at first it was Derrick Rose who started the trend in the NBA, caught a lot of crap for it, and I didn't think he really deserved it. But then you see the likes of the superstars, LeBron wearing it. Um, Kevin Garnett wore it as well, Darren Williams, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the whole Laker team wore it, uh, warm-ups, including Kobe Bryant. So... As I know this has been going on the last few days. We didn't get a chance to really go in with it. And I don't understand why they're taking so much crap for it. I mean, it's just standing up for what they think is right. Adam Silvers came out and said he would like them to wear the regular uh, NBA attire when uh, pregame warm-ups, but he does support it as well. He just supports um, what these guys are trying to represent. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and definitely um, talk about that with the NBA. More NBA talk, NFL talk, big games coming up this weekend. It is Thursday. Well, you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, Spider Man and Freeze in full effect. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, Dale? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Make it down. Girl, I must hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Last of the Sports Talk Show. I thought Kwame, I thought you was going to hit your line, man. You usually, you usually hit it every time. No, yeah. I don't even, I already proved what I can sing. That's about the only line I can't hit. Yeah, hey, I forgot if you. I call, if yeah. I call it hitting. You were the backup singer for this group, right? BBD? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, well, I was part of the group. I wasn't backup nothing. You were part of Okay. They just forgot yeah. the K and the L. and. It came down to me and... um. You you and Bivens? Yeah, when we was all together, it came down to me and Johnny Gill. <laughs> oh yeah, you wouldn't win that. You wouldn't win that battle. <laughs> you know he's still making music. I saw him last night on a Wendy Williams show. He's still Johnny making. Gill. He dropped a new hit or dropped a new single. I didn't get the name of it, but just to see him, he still looked like 1995. Like he well, doesn't age. Uh, get that wax. Yeah, you, you got that wax too, because you. I mean, you look nah, like you ain't changed. You look like you're getting yeah, younger. I'm, I'm, I get younger, man. I'm like Benjamin Button. <laughs> oh, I think I, uh, I think I, I'm reversed. I'm the opposite of Benjamin, but I guess he was getting older one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, no, nah, he was getting younger. The older he got. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got that Benjamin Button. Um, yeah. Coming. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, <laughs> Demi Lachey here live. Kwame on the lines. Gasman, aka I'm gonna call him Gas Pedal now. That's gas Ooh. pedal, gasman on the ones and twos back, oh, okay, back behind, okay, Mister Engineer. But uh, yeah, before we took a break, we was discussing about the I can't breathe T-shirts. Of course, making uh, statements between the, I guess you could say innocent, um, innocent young man getting choked out or held by a police officer. He made his last remarks of I can't breathe. T-shirts being. Uh, Presented now into the NCAA basketball. I think Georgetown came out and they had on the "I Can't Breathe" T-shirts. Um, it's it, this whole statement. It's, it's a movement and it's moving pretty well. It's moving pretty fast um, throughout the basketball world, NFL as well. I know Reggie Bush has done it. So who knows what Thursday tonight's game is going to bring between the St. Louis Rams and Arizona Cardinals? You might even see it even more. And plus, I think, I think those, more NBA uh, teams. Didn't the Rams do it. do it already uh, when it came out right after the? Right yeah. After that well, theirs was more towards the Ferguson, you know, hands up. Still, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. S- still bringing in the uh, what happened in New York and that kid um, 
dying by getting choked out by a police officer. And, yeah, I mean, you could definitely relate those two. So, yeah, the Rams did represent both well. So with them having another home game tonight, you know, I don't know what to expect. They may do the same gesture. They may come out with warm-ups or something on their jerseys. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know the um, – well, you were talking about it before we went into break, uh, uh, Adam Silver and all those, uh, you know, so owners and stuff like that. I think most professional sports try to stay out of the politics and or out of anything that has to do with uh, their athletes just going to play sports, just going to do with their job. They try to stay out of it. So that's probably why mm-hmm. there was some resistance to it. And and I understand it on both sides, but you can't ask somebody who comes from a certain place not to uh, or to just ignore that. We live in a country where we want everybody to get along. Sound crazy, sound rotten and kingish, but mm-hmm. you, you want stuff like... You wonder why certain things happen in this country or have happened in this world, and, you, and it baffles your mind, uh, but you can't ask somebody who just who's from somewhere who grew up a certain place I mean, somebody grew up in California doing a watch riot, and, and someone grew up in uh, Maine is totally different. Their, their perspective on things are different. You can have empathy or you sympathize with somebody, but you ain't you haven't been through it. Yeah. So you can't ask somebody to just shut down on the politics. I no. mean, even though you're paying them a certain amount of money, but the way this, the way this world is, I, I I know you go out there and certain things are touchy and certain things uh, people want to stay away from it. Then they have an opinion. I tell you, one of the most crucial things is mm-hmm. idiots on Facebook. They don't understand all this stuff is here to divide us, and they, and they they go so hard on what they believe instead of seeing it somebody else's way. Mm-hmm. So I just sit back and watch and listen, and then I like people just become idiotic to things. I'm not saying these people who wore these shirts, the athletes who wore the shirts are. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they just felt they felt something. I, I hope they talked about it more in depth before they came out with the shirts. But maybe they felt a certain way about something, and they did it as a team. Yeah. Especially if they, you know, they want to send a message. That's what you do. Yeah. Well, once you get into a revolution, or once you get involved with something, you don't get involved with it temporarily, or you were never involved. You stayed a long haul mm-hmm. to make change. Everybody wants to see change. Definitely, I, I think. I would imagine they do. Yeah, and I agree to your point with, like you were saying, a lot of the sports athletes, professional athletes, like to. Keep stay away from you know these whole beliefs and staying away from the politics of what's going on outside the court, outside off the field. I agree with that. And what really has shocked me was I can understand a guy like Derrick Rose doing it because you hear about the violence in Chicago, so he's definitely trying to change his own his home city of Chicago and all the violence that's been going on with that with that city around that city. Then you get a guy yeah. like LeBron James, who's another superstar. It's just it's just really rare that you see superstars trying to represent, you know, what their beliefs. And then you get a guy like Kobe Bryant, who's been a superstar since day one. I mean, his image just across the across the world is incredible. And you get a superstar like him who represents it as well, and he goes on with a statement. They asked him about Kobe on a T shirt, and he said it's 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 easy it's just important to voice your beliefs and this is, is something that they're believing in you really have a passion about it i think it is important to voice and when you talk when you mention these superstars voicing opinions and uh hopefully they're not doing it for the show or for their brand and sometimes you gotta ask that question because we we talk a lot about rg3 not mm-hmm. playing ball get your butt on the field make some plays number one draft pick uh 
second overall. Mm-hmm. Um, start working on your brand and start working on your game. I'm not saying these guys are doing this, but, you know, you got a, a 10-year veteran, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, but we're not used to seeing superstars or megastars, if you will, voice an opinion about anything political or or tension that has tension in, in American society because one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived in Michael Jordan stayed stayed away from it. Tiger Woods stays away from it. Mm-hmm. So then everybody got opinion on them and why they don't do anything. Um, so it, it's kind of it's kind of tough when you have that type of superstar status or maybe a, a power. Is it, but it's confusing too when a reporter asks about it, like they don't know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in some some things you do have to ask as a reporter and. You might not want to because your network might say, you're going to ask this question or you won't have another interview with Kobe or you won't have this major outlet again. If they, they get hand, handicapped and handcuffed uh, with what they have to do. Yeah. And with Kobe Bryant and guys like Kobe and LeBron, they can handle um, representing their brand and also stepping up to the game, representing the game, respecting the game of basketball. And, you know, they can handle both sides. RG, the guys like... RG three, you know, they get too caught up. They can't really balance it, and they try to please everybody. Yeah, and once you once you lose that balance, I mean, that messes up your game on the field, and that's what really got you started. And then who knows what you go through? Uh, it was rumors about RG three. Actually, it was true statements, but I, I took it as maybe it was a rumor that this guy was putting the ball like hours after practice um, to himself, just kicking it up in the air, running and go catching it. Why everybody else is in the locker room getting showered up and ready to leave? I mean, something something is going wrong with him. I don't know. He, he needs someone to talk to. Once I heard this statement, it came out a couple of days ago, which we was out the studio. I just well, wanted to hear your psychologist. So, uh huh. I could talk to him. I'm a clinical psychologist, but you okay. know, some guys think they <laughs> superstars. Most athletes get to the highest level, and you know this. They feel like they can figure their fix their own problems. Men in general think they can fix their own problems and we just we keep to ourselves and it builds up and then when you see me smack somebody you're like that what's happening here mm-hmm. well i don't know what was building up in him for the past month right two months or a year he just hauled off and smacked me he went crazy now he didn't go crazy mm-hmm. he, he was he'd been that way <laughs> <laughs> did you see the fight uh against uh breast yeah i think it was breston and uh the cornerback for the Washington Redskins, and then all the publications went out, all the media outlets went out and said, uh, that's the best fight they've seen the Washington Redskins put up all year. Oh, oh, I they agree got, with that. I do agree. Did you see, you, didn't, you didn't see it? No, I didn't. I didn't see the. I didn't see the clip yet. I didn't see the fight. Oh, I did man, hear yeah. about it, but I didn't. I didn't see it. But that statement <laughs> that it's the best fight. Yeah, I that's agree with the, that. That's, that's the most fight they put up all year. <laughs> it's either that or keeping the media out the locker room and out their uh, their situations. That's another good fight that they've been putting up. But yeah, but you know what? They've been losing you know, that fight. <laughs> media, I, I wouldn't say media, but when it came out and you heard all the comments, snide comments, that happens all the time. That ain't that's nothing special. You got a guy, especially, and what I mean by that, when you got a losing season, and you going against a DB. Mm-hmm. He be, he beats you or the receiver beats beats the DB. You got to lose the season. You ain't like the guy anyway. So now you gonna fight. That just brought more attention to it. Yeah, that's gonna happen anyway. Yeah, man, so much, so much with these Washington Redskins. Dan Snyder, I don't know. Dan Snyder need to. I don't, I don't know. Dan Snyder gonna keep doing what he's doing, but they need to to restart. Put a whole 
just bringing because they're thinking about signing Jay Gruden back. I think you have to go with another head coach. I don't think he's. I don't think they should bring him back this season, but they're either talking about him or RG three. No, he got a five year deal. Jay Gruden. Yeah, he got a yeah, five year guaranteed yeah. deal. If but there, but rumors have been picking up, and you know how Dan Snyder is. Yeah, that's I don't care. It's, it's signed to a $10 million deal tomorrow and let you release you next week. <laughs> right. And he, he may burn them. But he need to get, and maybe you need to change people in the front office. You can't fire yourself, which you mm-hmm. should be able to. But maybe you need to change some people in the front office because that atmosphere has to be clear. I know the Cardinals did that, and they started winning. They started changing people or yeah. or seeing um, how other organizations were doing it, how other organizations were winning games or had a winning atmosphere. Yeah. And then people didn't use you as a doorstep. First of all, they need to do, see, I grew up in Virginia, so I understand the name Redskins that's, that's attached to Washington and this football team. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need, maybe they're fresh start, like you said. Just change the name. Yeah. It can't be Washington Capitals. It can't be Washington Generals, although those names make sense. Mm-hmm. It can be, uh, it can be Washington Crooks, because they Congress, you know, DC and them were the crooked station uh, <laughs> district anyway. DC, the Washington Snipers or something. DC Washington Snipers. snipers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, sniper. There was a team named Snipers, or was it a TV show or something? Kevin might know. I hope it's a TV show. The Washington Snipers, it was something like that. <laughs> I hope it was the TV show. No, nah, but you can come up with a good name. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely you can come up with a good name for Washington. I mean, make it. Make, you got to make you know, it relevant here's, to. Here's the deal: you always try to, you, you try to please a certain race or nationality. You try to please a certain thing by changing for the Native Americans by changing from Redskins because they felt like it's degrading. Well, there's a whole lot of other stuff they need to change. Not just the name of the Redskins; you got to change everything about that team. Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> moving on from the. From the Washington Redskins, hopefully they'll change the name soon to whatever. Big game tonight. St. Louis Rams, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are going to St. Louis, which they already had beaten St. Louis earlier at home this season. We have a whole new Rams team. Yes, sir. And a whole new Cardinals team. The Rams, I don't I don't think they can make the playoffs because of what happened on Sunday. Actually, no. They they won on Sunday. Excuse me. They won. They have two shutouts. I don't up. know if they can make. The, depending on what's going yeah. on, because you got to look at these weak conferences and and the NFC South. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton getting his back hurt. He still got a chance to win. Be a six and nine. Yeah. Or six and ten. I'm sorry. He got in a car accident and, at that. And win. He got a car accident as well two days ago. Right. Yeah. He had a cry and broke two balls in the back. I don't want to hear no complaints from him. Tony Romo can do it, who, who stinks up the joint most of the time. If he can play with broken ribs, so can uh, Cam. Yeah, we're talking about a yeah, but we're talking about a car accident. Oh, that's all right. I get in car accidents every day. <laughs> I've been in a car accident two weeks ago. I was in a car accident. Yeah, but you're not going and playing in the NFL Sunday. That that coming up Sunday. I'm playing ping pong. It's the same thing. You got to be able to move side to side. So you think if Cam Newton doesn't play, you think this has a lot to do with uh, his maturity, his care for the team? Because, like you said, uh, they do have a chance to win the division. They're still in the playoff hunt. And if you're a competitor, now you know prior to any injuries or even after, 
you're going to want to play in any game that you can to get yourself into the playoffs, to get yourself a chance to win a championship. Now, right. Am no, I right? I'm yeah. crazy. If you can, he was an accident. <laughs> he did a uh, fracture, I believe, two of his ribs. But if he can't play, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even – I don't think it's worth it with the season. You can get in the playoffs, but it's the, whichever one of those teams, in, um, whether it be Tampa, Carolina Panthers, the uh, New Orleans New Orleans Saints or the um, Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. whichever one of those teams make the playoffs, they might end up hosting the team. But whichever one makes it, they're gonna be out in the first round anyway. So Cam Newton get, getting into the playoffs, I wouldn't risk my health for that um, to prove how tough I am. You play football and if you play in the National Football League. Most ninety six percent of those guys are already tough. You don't have to prove you can tough unless you're in a battle. Between the line and between the trenches, that's mm-hmm. the offensive line, defensive line guys. Mm-hmm. Or there's a 12, 22 guys on the field, but you got 22 individual one on one battles. Right. Well, I think it's just a lot of like talks where you look at guys like Tony Romo who sat out because of injuries. And like you said, you know, they ain't got nothing to prove they're tough, but then they get scrutinized as not being tough. Jay Cutler. Uh, a couple years ago when he just didn't go back in the second half of a playoff game, which they could have won the game. They were still in, in the game to possibly win, and then he just said, oh, I'm done. I'll wait till next year. Oh, well. And then people question his toughness as well. Well, so people who can't do what, what them guys can do, <laughs> unless you've been yeah. consistently injured all the time, like Derrick Rose, I can't, I can't question somebody's toughness. It would be tough for me to question your toughness uh, because I know the sport itself, whether mm-hmm. that be, I mean, you can look at golfers and question their toughness, but you don't golf. You don't know the injury. There's, every sport has different type of injuries, and it seems so soft. How are you going to get hurt playing golf? But then you playing golf every week, so that's how you get hurt. You're working on different muscles than a baseball player, or, or I should say a football player or basketball works on, mm-hmm. and Derek Rose getting hurt all the time. He may be hurt. But it's hard, it'd be hard for me to question his toughness, mm-hmm. especially if the guy has a, for Dirt Rose instance, what he has a, he was MVP one time. Yeah. Or maybe his mental toughness, I, I don't know. It'd be tough for me to question my toughness. Although, as a fan now, I'm, I'm like, you better get your butt on the field. Right. You're messing with my fantasy. <laughs> I forgot, you are, you are that one. You are that yeah, one. I'm that that's one I'm on. the one that's threatening them on, on Twitter. <laughs> are you playing or not? <laughs> hey, coming up, we about to take a quick break. Coming up after the break, we're gonna finish up what we started. We're gonna talk about the Cardinals and Rams game tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And also uh, some more little college uh, football, college basketball, some NBA talk. Just to finish up in our last segment, you listen to the Kwame Laster Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. 
That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Last segment of the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live this Thursday. Different Law Shades in the studio. Kwame Lasseter is on the line. Coming up in our last segment, uh, also want to mention tomorrow we're going to have head coach Michael Warren either call in or come in on the show live. Uh, he's head coach at Shadow Mountain High School, former or last year's state championship, state champion, I should say. Um, has Michael Bibby, former NBA player on his staff, also Michael Bibby's son, who was a big-time prospect. And they also have another uh, big time baller on the team as well. Uh, I forget his name. Huge prospect, but they're also going to be hosting uh, Finley Prep from Las Vegas, Nevada. Huge national powerhouse uh, basketball program coming to the valley, coming to Scottsdale this weekend on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have Coach Mike Warren in tomorrow on the show. But coming up in the last segment uh, tonight or tonight's ball game between the St. Louis Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Two different teams than what they were a few weeks ago when they battled one another. Uh, two different teams in the past few weeks with the Rams having having not given up any points, even a field goal, in about three weeks now since the San Diego Chargers, since they lost to the Chargers 27-24. And before that, they held uh, Denver to seven points. They won that game. The Rams won that game 22-7. to It's been shutouts the last two weekends. Along with that, the Arizona Cardinals offense has not been putting up points that the way they should or the way that they have in the previous uh, games, especially when it was on that big winning streak. I mean, they really haven't been putting up a lot of points throughout the whole season. I think they've been averaging around 23, 24 at the most. And, but they've been winning games, especially off that strong defense. But they just don't look as fluent as they were before, especially with Carson Palmer when he was in there healthy. And when Drew Stanton took over earlier in the season – I mean that offense. You, I mean, you could just put them on the field, and you know you could trust them. Last few weeks, you haven't seen that progression. Happens to, I mean, some of the competition that they've been playing has been pretty, pretty good competition. I, well, besides the Atlanta Falcons, I don't believe in the Falcons at all. Them standing at five and eight, although they're, although they're number one in their division, um, Cardinals had no business losing to them, and that offense couldn't keep up with the uh, Falcons' offense. So. Now you get a tell of a great defense the past few weeks and a mediocre offense in the past few weeks going head-to-head tonight. I think it will be a great divisional game. Two, I will say two playoff teams, even though St. Louis is going to get screwed over in the playoff system the way it is in the NFL. Two playoff teams tonight, even though St. Louis played Oakland and Washington the last two games. I mean, a shutout is a shutout. 52-0, 24-0. That's great football. 
no matter what level, no matter where you at. Yeah, you look at the uh, St. Louis Rams, man. The last um, they outscored Oakland and Washington seventy six points, seventy six to zero. Uh, and you mentioned they went three and one, three and one since playing the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And mm-hmm. I and I say this about the um, the Rams. Fisher always get those guys, or always get his teams ready to play at a high level. If they had Sam Bradford, uh, I think they'd be a lot better off. But them not getting to the playoffs, you, it's going to be. It will be a great building, stepping stone building process for them. But they need a quarterback that can stay consistently on the field. Uh, we watched the Arizona Cardinals go ten and six last year and not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You got to give credit to the the division they play in, uh, and, and that's going that's going to be tough. Now the Cardinals still they are ten and three, um, if I'm not mistaken. They got three games coming up. They got three games coming up that they have to win. Mm-hmm. That they must win these games. But I don't want to see the Cardinals end up ten and six and possibly not even getting in because you got to play. Now you end the bulk of your schedule. They come off a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams are coming off a win. The Rams are 6-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. They would like to go 9-7 and seven if it all be the same to them because they have beaten the, the Seattle Seahawks. Right. And I think they might have to play them again. Yeah, they get them again uh, I think the last week of last, last week game. of football. Yep. And I believe they will beat the, the, the 49ers. So 9-7 and seven might be if they can beat the Cardinals, they beat the Seattle. They got they got to beat them again. Mm-hmm. You can't split with them because the Cardinals already lost to Seattle. Seattle, the Arizona Cardinals need to beat win this game, mm-hmm. not try to split and say okay we are right. Not split with the Rams. The Rams is a pretty good team uh, than they were when they played the Cardinals last time, and better if you, if you look at it across the board who's playing better, you will say the Rams. Cardinals need to beat Seattle next week at home. Mm-hmm. Then they need to go to San Fran and beat San Fran. Even still control their own destiny. We three weeks ago, they could, they would have beat Seattle three weeks ago. They would have been a lock for the playoffs. They would have had home field mm-hmm. um, in that in the division. It's tough because you got a you got a good opponent coming up with the St. Louis St. Louis Rams. All right, and I think for the Cardinals, that magic number this season is twelve. Last year, it was definitely eleven. This year, this season, I think that magic number is twelve. If they win twelve, they're going to get in. Not only get in, but I think that that can win the division because uh, Seattle and San Francisco. I mean, I, I think San Francisco's done. I think St. Louis got a better chance of making the playoffs than San Francisco. It's just too much going on out there right now, and I seriously, I don't think Seattle can really beat uh, Arizona once Arizona comes back home for that home game. I think Arizona's going to have so much energy, so much hype. They're going to have a lot of rest. They now, Right now they had a game Sunday. Now they're playing Thursday, which very little rest. You just came off of a hard, uh, playing hard, physical Kansas City Chiefs team. Now you're going to get some more physical and, and at St. Louis. But this gives them, after this St. Louis game, it gives them the time to rest up. You, get, you don't have to play this weekend. You get the rest up, get a few more days in, a few more ice baths. Then you got to uh, go against a battle with Seattle at home. And that's what you want. And also, yeah, I think and, they gave Monday this, Night Football is, as well. So This is a league where the NFL talking about they want to take care of the players, injuries and stuff like that. I think every team has played a, a Thursday Night Football game, and the Cardinals might be the last. Not, they're not the last team, but the Cardinals one of the last teams that's going to play a Thursday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. 
the, the benefit to that is you will have a 10-day rest to get ready for the for an important game, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. with the Seattle Seahawks. And a game you must win. But you can't look past this game no, to a better can't. team. Right now, you can argue and say that St. Louis is better than the Cardinals right now. And the Cardinals' strength is the uh, it's still it's still their defense, although some things have happened. But it's still their defense, and they have injuries. But they've had injuries all year, and they still was able to overcome. Now you see the importance of a Larry Fitzgerald. When Larry Fitzgerald was out, these guys were losing games. You still have to account for him whether he catches the ball or not. He still commands a double team. And how those you don't just think of John Brown and and Michael Floyd. You're not going. You don't have to double team those guys. You can right. play them one on one. But now you got Fitz in the lineup. You now you see the importance of him when you didn't want to throw him the ball at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. because in your head you say those days are gone of throwing the one receivers. Well, that one receiver happened to be Larry Fitzgerald, so you might want to throw to him to set the <laughs> table for the rest of everything else. And then you came into the season saying we're going to run a football. Well, I was all excited about that. Right. But you got to get somebody who can run the football. They had an idiot hit his had a domestic violence charge. Now you got the rest of the football guys got hurt. Mm-hmm. They bring their running backs every week to try and work them out to see if they can get into the system so when they do get in the playoffs, they can at least establish a running game. Yeah, and I think they found a fit. I think they found a good fit with this guy, Kerwin Williams. First running back all season to go over 100 yards um, prior to the last game against a great Kansas City Chiefs defense, great defensive front. And I think he just the way he runs the ball, you know, he he gets downhill. He puts his shoulders down, and he, he has the great running back techniques. And I think – He's gonna. I don't. I don't know if he's gonna go over 100 tonight against St. Louis, but he's gonna run the ball harder. He's gonna run the ball tougher than I think Andre Ellington has all season. No disrespect to Andre, but I mean, you could tell he he's had he was playing with some type of injuries, playing with some type of uh, second guessing because I mean la- last season he was putting up over 100 yards easy. This season he's a bit struggling. hasn't touched a 100 yard mark. All season, this guy Curtin Williams, nineteen carries, one hundred yards, fresh body. May may I add, hasn't played in the NFL all season till um, last till Sunday. So you got fresh legs coming in against St. Louis. I think you know he gets a little, get more credit than what he deserves. Um, anytime you get a fresh body at the end of the season who who can produce and help your team out, especially in the running game, definitely yeah. uh, that definitely help your offense out. Yeah, it is good to have those fresh legs. Well, the Cardinals better be more concerned <laughs> about protecting Drew Stanton because you got to rob. You got to worry about Robert Quinn. Oh yeah, this dude had like four and a half sacks, <laughs> four or five sacks in the last what was it? Two games, Oakland and Washington. Yeah, I mean you you was going against Oakland and Washington, but you still got to get that work in. And they they recorded thirteen sacks in the last two games. Mm-hmm. He having four or five of those, so they better worry about keeping his quarterback upright and making some plays. I don't. To just changing the offense. Well, you know what? Maybe you have to do it. You do what it takes to win. Yeah. But you have to get the ball in the hands of some playmakers. Yeah, I tell you what. Uh, Bruce Arians came out, you know, with statements. Uh, like you said, like to your point when you made about Larry Fitzgerald not being a number one receiver, and you know, mm-hmm. Bruce Arians made a, you know, made a blunt out there, made sure everyone knew that Fitzgerald's not going to be my number one guy or my number one target. I tell you what, it's St. Louis. You got Fitzgerald coming back. You better find ways to get that man the ball because he's moving the way he moved in practice and highlight uh, throughout the last game against Kansas City. Uh-huh. Fitzgerald still has that movement. He still has that yeah. quickness. He still has agility straight off the ball. You better find ways to get him the ball. Definitely, because he won't Lewis. go out there and get it done. He dropped the ball that 
he catches in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's from not being able to practice. Right. Not being able to practice with his quarterback. And you thought, you look at uh, Fisher dropping balls like that. I say balls, but he dropped one ball coming across the middle, wide open. Mm-hmm. But he don't do that. If you can't practice, you can't get better. Exactly. And I don't know, kids, they don't even understand that. You think this God-given ability or this ability you got from wherever you got it from, you think you're just going to go out there and get it done. You may be able to, but not for the long haul. Mm-hmm. You have to practice to continue to get better or stay better. Through that, uh, I back that statement up. I lived through moments. Where I know I didn't do certain things in practice in the game time, I made that mistake. It's like, oh, I didn't practice it the right way. And then, yeah, right, it comes out that way with Fitzgerald as well. But you definitely got to find ways to get this guy the ball. Um, he's pretty healthy. He has his movement back, has his quickness back. You got to find ways to get him the ball tonight. Um, so any projection, you think Arizona's going to take this game at St. Louis? Or you think St. Louis is going to um, roll over the Cardinals tonight? I think um, no, it's not gonna be a rollover. I, okay. I, I was. It's a divisional game. <laughs> Maybe I stressed it with the rollover comment. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the Cardinals pull it off because they have to. St. Louis, both of these guys are in need because St. Louis going to run. They nine and seven. They are nine and seven, and they probably it's only two of these teams getting in. Mm-hmm. Last year was Seattle and the Cardinals. This year it could be the Cardinals in Seattle, or it could be the Rams. And one of the two of those other teams that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. they both need this game. I, I think the Cardinals pull it off, though. I think they pull it off. They have enough defense and enough offensive weaponry to pull it off. But they are playing without two of their starters. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are playing without two of their starters, so they might be able. They might be able to still pull it off in a, in, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's going to be a hard, tough game. You watch the game anywhere tonight, or are you just going to be at home? I know you mentioned you were going somewhere tonight, so I wasn't really sure. Tonight, oh, I might be um, downtown at the uh, Coach's Corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Brunson has a uh, a meeting, uh, a business meeting, mm-hmm. at downtown at Coach's Corner. So I might watch the game down there. and That yeah. might be where – that's exactly where I'm going to be, what I'm saying might be. Okay. Well, we have about two minutes left of the show. Um, do a quick little two-minute drill, a little buzzing in and out. So back to the NBA. Uh do you really feel that the Warriors are they the real deal? I mean, they've got the NBA's best record. I think I think the, the coach, the, the coach prior, mm-hmm. got him in great shape, got him in great condition, fixed their mindset. Why he's gone is is beyond my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have coaching um, that can just take those guys to the next level. I think they are in the next level. I think they are the real deal. Yeah, and I think that has I think that has a lot to do with the coaching staff. Uh, Steve Kerr. I mean, he's been doing his thing. No knock to Mark Jackson. And I know a lot of speculation has been going on, asking questions to Stephen Curry about the coaching change. But, uh, yeah, for what Mark Jackson is putting these guys' head and what Steve Curry is doing with them now, and yeah, I, I believe so. They're the real deal as well. Going to yeah. uh, NCAA talk, will anybody ever beat Kentucky this season? Yes, Kansas. Stop. Why, why Kansas. Men's basketball I'm talking about, men's. I thought you asked me a question. Oh, okay. Now, Kansas got a taste of them, and, and they got blown out. They didn't get blown out, but Kansas got a They got blown. Them. They got throttled. Let's Look, be honest. They got 10 first-rounders on that team. You saw them? <laughs> yeah. But Kansas know how to win late in the season. Yeah, well, and so does Kentucky. They proved it Kansas last season. Kansas don't choke. They don't tighten up. What about, what, what up about Wichita beginning. State? Huh? What about Wichita State? <laughs> oh, I like them. I like yeah. them to be uh, – I think they ranked 13th. I'm, I'm surprised they ranked that far back. They should be up more. Yeah. 
They definitely should. Would uh, you say Kansas can knock it off? I think they, yeah, they get a second shot. They definitely can knock off Kentucky because they've seen them once. And once you see a team again, especially a powerhouse, where you got talented players as well, you can do it as well. But uh, yeah. fortunately, we're running out of time. Uh, we will be back tomorrow live in the studio. Like I said, Coach Michael Warren will be live with us on the show, state championship basketball coach, taking on Finley Prep this weekend as well. Huge powerhouse from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, yeah, we'll be back live tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in today. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Dear me, Lachey, Kwame Lasseter. We out, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.